Hello, everybody, and welcome to Overtime, your weekly source for all things Overwatch. I'm your host, Jacob Pujik, and with you today is Taylor Severn. Hello, hello, hello. So, we had uh, a bit of a short episode last week, but uh, there's some actually new actual news happening, uh, which is amazing, especially for someone who does a, a show about Overwatch. But uh, And Overwatch-related news at that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Um, so why don't we, we do a, a quick rundown of, of uh, well, not, not a quick one, but why, why don't we just get right on into it with the uh, first piece of news, which is that Bossland, uh, an infamous maker of um, hacks for several Blizzard games, including Overwatch, um, has been successfully sued by Blizzard. Um, this company... Well, Blizzard has been having legal troubles with this company for a while now, or rather, Blizzard has been trying to sue them because they've been hacking their game for so, so long. And uh, they basically were able to get away with it because uh, they're headquartered in Germany, I believe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they were basically going neener, neener, neener to Blizzard. But eventually, Blizzard succeeded. They got, uh, they got a, um, a verdict. A uh, judge said that uh, they had to pay, is it $8.6 million? I'm not sure. Quite a hefty sum. It's either 8.6 or 6.8, whatever dyslexic dyslexia turned them around in my head. Um, but yeah, it is a lot of money. It is definitely a lot of millions yeah. that they will be uh, forced to pay over. Um, obviously, they can still peel and things can still happen, but this is really good news for Blizzard. Um, and probably for most players of Overwatch, unless you're unless you're one of these cheat users... This is very, very good for the, um, the game if you hope that it's balanced and fair for everyone. Also, if you're one of these cheat users, please don't DDoS us. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good news. Not too, too much to talk about uh, other than the fact that uh, I hope it... Yeah, other than the fact that it happened and, and that I hope it, uh, it sticks. Um, but we have other news uh, for Overwatch. Uh, there is uh, going to be a big event happening soon, um, but the first, uh, and this was teased by uh, the Overwatch Twitter. Uh, Taylor, did you want to talk about that? So, it, it, it's, you don't see a lot. It's, it says Overwatch Mission Archives from seven years ago, and, it take, mm -hmm. and it's called King's Row Uprising. And right now, it's confidential, but on April 11th, it'll be declassified, and it's of note... April 11th is the next patch day. Which makes me think, like, this isn't, like... It, it, it is going to involve a patch. It is something going into the game. Yes, for sure. So I think um, it will be an event. Originally, when I heard rumblings, there was... I don't know if it was exactly a leak or something, but people in the, in the community were talking about it. There's something going to be happening at this date. Um... And some people, I was, I originally thought it was just going to be a comic, which we did actually get, and we'll talk about it in a second. Um, but uh, the there started to be more rumblings that it's actually going to be in-game content, like you said, and it's at least in my opinion most likely going to be an event like the Christmas ha and Halloween and, and sports event. This is going to be our our f fifth one, right? Because of Lunar, yeah. So it's going to be our fifth one, uh, and I am super excited about that. Um, there. Like, there will be, with every event, there has been a new, like, playable f mode, 
uh, and they've all been fairly fun. Not, not all of them have like had that lasting effect, but they've all been fun when, when they uh, originally came out. And I'm sure me, or I'm sure m- many in the community are like me in that they're hoping that it's going to be some sort of PvE content, uh, just like the Junkenstein reven- uh, event. Well, um, I think before we speculate on what this event is, uh, we should also talk about the comic that just came out, because I think they're very linked together. Yes, um, the event is going to be whatever this Omnic, not crisis, but uh, it's this the Omnic King's Row uprising, event. if you will. Yes. Yeah. So why don't, why don't we we start with the comic? So the the comic is actually called uh, Uprising. Uh, wow, that that is actually on the nose. <laughs> I didn't realize how on the nose that was. Okay. Um, and we get to and, see Overwatch back in the heyday, the actual Overwatch organization. Yeah. So yeah, this this uh, takes place during uh, kind of the the falling days of Overwatch. Overwatch is still a uh, a group, but it, it has had a couple uh, a lot of bad press recently. But it hasn't yet it hasn't yet fallen apart. Um, many of the characters are uh, well, <laughs> they're all younger. Um, then, uh, then we've seen many of them. Uh, we get, uh, and we get to see them in their kind of Overwatch costumes, which is pretty, pretty cool. Uh, especially for characters like Tracer and Genji, which are part of this comic. I don't think Genji like that was like his Overwatch uniform. That looked more like uh, I was just built and I'm training uniform. Yeah, it was like his training uniform. You're absolutely right. Um, but I do want to see that as a skin, because he looks dope. Yeah, you, you he like, really cool. he's kind of like, I know he's a robot, but he's shirtless, <laughs> so to say. He, yeah. He doesn't, like, have his armor on. You can see, like, his inner workings and where, where left human he is. Yeah, basically, it's, it's, it's his left arm. Left? I think it's his left yeah. arm and his, and his face, obviously. Although, who knows how much, um... Reconstruction is happening under the skin in those places as well, but uh, yeah, it it looks really really cool, and I do hope that they add it at some point. It might even be too visceral for the game. <laughs> um, and that actually brings me on to one other thing about the the comic is that the art style looks good. If you disregard certain uh, uh, close ups on characters' faces, uh, for example, on the the very first like actual comic page. Um, there is a close-up of McCree's face, and he looks so derpy. I love it. I want to make that my profile picture, because it is amazing. <laughs> he looks very smooth. It's, yeah, like, it's, I mean, I know Like, not smooth in the way of, like, personality, just physically you mean, smooth. Like, smooth. Smooth criminal, yeah. He's got the hat, and... Yeah, it's, uh... It, he, looks, he looks dopey, but I kind of love it, but it's not that great. Having said that, besides an unfortunate Torbjorn close-up, everyone else looks really, really good. Um, I'm quite happy with it. This is actually the first comic book where I'm like, the art style I really, really like. It um, kind of like, there's like lots of striking and, and kind of definitive, I don't know if it would be the perfect word, but like it just, it seems to match Overwatch, um, which I can't say for all the comics. And uh, not only that, the actual story in the comic is pretty good. It, this might this is my favorite comic book that they've made so far. Yeah, like it really does world building in a new way where like a in the previous comics we would sometimes get like a page that did a bit of world building. But this yeah. 
really was about showing us stuff we haven't seen before and stuff we were interested in seeing as well yeah it's it really gives us an like we i think we were talking about recently that we want some some content about like when overwatch was a thing and this is exactly it like it shows you the inner workings of, of overwatch the fact that they uh, at this point they're being stonewalled by the british government from uh trying to uh, get involved in a in a fairly disastrous incident uh in king's row regarding uh, omnics kind of taking hostages and, and stuff um this this null sec do we know are they human um extremists yeah they're omnic extremists right that's what uh that's what uh, Gabriel slash Reaper so. says. They were like, "Yeah, we never know what to do, with, what the deal with Omnics are." They say they're fighting for Omnic rights. Yeah. Like, I mean, it'd be weird if they weren't Omnic. <laughs> some of them could. Some of them could be humans, as we have seen from some of the cutscenes. But yeah, they are. They're fighting for Omnic rights. They're most likely majority Omnic. Um, but yeah, it is really, really, really good. It's it, the character, the actual like characterization. Uh, in the novel i think is i mean it's not top notch but it's not bad it, they don't go overly cheesy with a lot of it um some some lines are like like we we figure out where tracer got her the the it's the cavalry's here line in this book and when i read that i'm like okay it's kind of cute but it's super cheesy um but i yeah i just i don't know if i could say enough good things about this comic it's it's well, really like i also well like the way she gets that term to, for her use is the exact way I would also come to using a term like that. <laughs> like, I think I actually have, like, that That has overall happened to me where, like, read the comic and it's like, yep. Uh, I mean, I'm <laughs> I do like that. I do like that, like that exchange. It's like, uh, my name's Oxton. And, and then Torbjorn responds, good for you. I'll be on the ship. Like, it's it's good. I like that panel. But yeah, uh, like, there's nothing, like, there's no major twists or no, like, major revelations. It's just very solid. And Yeah, this is definitely going to be continued. That, that's a step up. <laughs> just being solid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice, it's, it's a good comic. Again, not, like, an amazing piece of graphic, like, an, it's not an amazing graphic novel, but it's... Especially considering what they've done before, super super good. Um, and yeah, I, they don't say to be continued, but I mean the crisis isn't resolved. I'm assuming we're going to get more to this story. Whether it'll take place in comic book form, I would assume. Uh, actually, here here's my prediction of what's going to happen with this. So we have this comic setting up this event. The event is going to take place in the game. I don't know if we're going to get like any real. Well, we got a little bit of story in, in the Junkenstein's Revenge, right? Or, no, it was just Reinhardt saying, like, Junkenstein's Revenge. So, we might get something small in-game. Uh, and then we'll get um, a comic book after the event is over, kind of detailing the events and the, the aftermath of the event. Is my guess. Um, and, and so, going back to the teaser tweet that they released of the mm -hmm. small video uh you can see what looks to be a tracer's skin and it kind of matches up to how she looked in the comic book making me think we're going to get overwatch skins for characters who have yet received them so like torbjorn mercy uh reinhardt who all appeared in the comic book with very overwatch based skins with the blues 
and the Overwatch logo on them. And I, I really like those costumes, so I'm all for this. Yeah, I, I'm quite pleased with them as well. They're, like, <clears throat> on an aesthetic level, I love the, uh, the color scheme. It really suits my kind of style. Um, Though I'm not sure the... about Tracer's hat. I actually love the hat. It's very... Um, I don't know exactly... It's a military cap of some sort. It's like an A... It's the type of hat that um, Air Force people wear, which actually makes sense because she used to be part of the Air Force. Um, but uh, yeah, I yeah, I like it, and I, I want to see all these skins. I'm pretty sure, because they've, they've mentioned in, in one interview or another or somewhere that there is going to be... <clears throat> That is going to be a skin for Tracer. I don't know about the rest of them, uh, but I would like to see them in the future for sure. And, and speaking more to the event, what do you think if if we actually play the King's Row Uprising where it's PvE, you're killing Omnics? <laughs> um, wow. That would be... Um, I mean, that would be cool from a gameplay point of view. Uh, again, I want PvE content so badly. Um, if it was... Again, I, I would like another Horde mode. And if that was it, I'd be pretty happy from a story perspective. I mean, like, they are they are supposed to be, like, they're extremists. Someone in the, in the book calls them terrorists, so they're, oh, no. they're like... They're coming out to get you. What? Anna says they're terrorists. Yeah. Um, so, like... I, yeah, I, I don't know why. Like at first, I was like, "Oh, I just like sh- just shooting all these these poor defenseless omics," but that's that's not what they are. <laughs> There's literally <laughs> one like in a building that's a giant gun. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, they're they're trying to attack you. No, th- that'd be fun. I um. And like it matches as long as they do Junk it. and Science Revenge, where it was four players. We have four characters going there. It's Torbjorn, Tracer, exactly. Because Torbjorn's there, it makes me believe that it's going to be... A, like, it's it's Torbjorn and Reinhardt. If there's anyone better at holding a position, it's those two. It, or, yeah. Oh, 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 oh! Oh. Jacob. Yes. In the shuttle, they were carrying a missile. It's going to be a payload. <gasps> you have to move the payload? You have to move the payload in PvE. Oh, there is a payload! <laughs> they have to. Oh, they have to breach the door! Wasn't that what McCree was saying at the beginning of the comic? Yes! Oh my god, McCree said you have to blow up the door! Oh my god! <laughs> wait, 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 wait. There's four of them, but McCree's there. So you also have Is to it... kill McCree. <laughs> <laughs> Final boss. He's been reprogrammed. Hits his arm. They hacked his arm and he can't control it anymore. <laughs> He's just like lying down in his arms, just like wiggling around, shooting you. It's a whole revolver ocelot. Uh, Yeah, revolver (laughs) ocelot. He's just gonna start spouting like big boss quotes and shooting at you. Um, yeah, it's that's what it's gonna be. We figured it out. What if it's gonna be you? It's the it's those four we mentioned, and then if you do super well, you unlock McCree. Yeah, like super hidden unlockable. Yeah. You have, to, you have to go, and the character select, once you've beaten it, you have to go past uh, Ryu, and then you can get Akuma. Yeah, and, um, like, you have to get all the achievements, and you have to get gold, and you have to do it on, like, insane difficulty and not die ever. And then you unlock McCree. And then you're McCree, and then you're like, oh, why am I McCree? <laughs> with, uh, McCree with unlimited uh, Deadeye. That doesn't seem and like a- and his six-shooter gun, which shoots 16 people at once. Oh. Right? 
Uh, so yeah, that was the comic. Obviously, we're a little bit excited about this event. It's gonna, it's gonna be good. I, I, um, I have a good feeling that I'm a hundred percent correct. So, uh, in one week, called it. And if <laughs> not true, then sense. you don't listen to this podcast anyway. <laughs> Everything you said makes sense. So I'm excited for, I'm excited for that. I know. Me too. Uh, but um, also, they uh, Overwatch the team has said that it is definitely not a t-shirt design reveal. So That is good. If it was just uh, Tracer, uh, like Tracer in a T-pose on a shirt, I mean, that would be funny. Not quite as good as an event. Like, I mean, April Fool's was a little bit ago. Which I feel we actually should mention since we hyped it up last episode. Nothing really happened. Yeah, nothing happened. <laughs> but I'm ba <laughs> So now we know how uh, Overwatch is gonna is gonna do it at least. Uh, to be Nothing. fair, Blizzard pretty much didn't do anything. I know, right? Which is unusual for them. I I usually expect something. The most we got was from um, Heroes of the Storm was a fake character reveal, and, and that wasn't actually from Blizzard. It was a dude who did a really good job at a character reveal. Oh yeah, that guy did a really good character development. Apparently, he does those all the time. Um. Also, uh, Korean Blizzard did a bunch of things oh yeah uh one was like now in school they're gonna teach the protoss language oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the starcraft one um oh they're uh gonna pick the next hero's character and mm-hmm. like they were like really bad choices like nat pagel a cow <laughs> and then another one that was like amusing but like also like absurd that's funny. Yeah, it's like how you have to, that people clicked on in um, Diablo One. It's pretty good. Um, so moving on from April Fools, uh, to uh, an article that uh, let's see the segue there is that both those words start with A. Uh, that an article that uh, Gamespot wrote about uh, an interview they did with Jeff Kaplan. So even more than an article. Yeah, it's an interview actually. Yeah, it's <laughs> exciting. Uh, but the as as unexciting and uninspiring as my segue was, the interview was actually very very uh, cool. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't call it inspiring, but it was good. Um, <laughs> Jeff Kaplan is uh, inspiring man. <laughs> um, so Taylor, why don't you tell us more about uh, what happened in the interview? So, um, hit, hit him with the hard hitting questions like, what shampoo does he use, or does he prefer soft or chunky peanut butter? That was the. That was the entirety of the content in the interview. It was just like, what are your cat's names? Have you seen the Fast and Furious movies? Oh, <laughs> uh, but no, it was actually like a really good interview where I, they seemed like they were having fun. Mm-hmm. And, and we're just poking fun at their fun because we're lonely people. Um, but um, they talk about like hero releases. And I have a bunch of quotes picked out. And it's, um, Jeff goes on to say, like, the more heroes we add, the less we can invest in each hero that already exists. Yeah, which is, I th- again, something we've discussed on the show. We don't want them to release them too fast because um, we want all of them to be, like, very well-crafted and balanced. And th- we don't need them to just tread on anyone's toes overly much. So if they do two or three a year, that would be fine. We don't need it to be like heroes where it's just like every couple weeks, here's a new one. Because uh, that's just not the type of game that it is. Yeah, and uh, he says when they first um, 
were making the game, they thought of, like, hundreds of characters and, like, all of them would be playable. But as, really? like, it went on, it, like, would slowly narrow down and be like, no, we don't actually want that many, I don't think. And it just as it went on, it kept narrowing. And he doesn't have, like, an exact number in his head when he'd be like, we're, and we're good. Yeah, I think they're going to put out a character one day and then just go like go to the drawing board about like, okay, who are we doing next? And then they'll just kind of look at each other and say, no one. And it'll be a great, great moment. The music will start playing. It's great. Um, Another quote he says to, in regards to the hero development, is, I would like to see hero development not go any faster than it currently is, and maybe over time even slow down some. Yeah, to be expected. I would expect the, the the heroes again to kind of get fewer and far between, um, unless they kind of implement that idea that was floated around about retiring heroes that kind of, you know, brings more design space, which I wouldn't be opposed to. So you're saying they should remove Genji? <laughs> no, I'm saying combine Genji with Hanzo. Okay. Yeah, and remove both their ultimates. <laughs> It's and then just Genji, back. but instead of shurikens, it's Hanzo arrows. <laughs> so just a burst of three arrows or three arrows in a cone? No, it's it's Genji, but he shoots out the, the Hanzo's ultimates every time he left clicks. Well, no, that's his ultimate. Every time he swings his sword, a dragon flies out. Oh, God. oh boy. <laughs> I see one of your quotes uh, next is kind of relevant to this discussion. Uh, I was kind of pointing that out, where the interviewer asks, so... Does that mean we you can patch out Genji? And he's like, yeah, we can. But now the question is, should we patch out Genji? <laughs> and, and he comes to the answer, no. No, we shouldn't. No, I don't actually mind Genji that too, that much. Hanzo, on the other hand, whew. Um, he, I know he was talking about um, map pool and or uh, like the map pool and competitive play. Um, it it was regards to. Um, people uh, picking the pick rate of different heroes. And he says some people think that every hero should be picked in every game. In, in some sense. And, he's, and he was kind of saying, well, no, because the way it works right now is that um, certain heroes work better on certain maps. And mm -hmm. so they don't want to, like, reduce the map pool in competitive play because since they have so many map variety with different heroes being strong on different maps, that means they can have a variety in hero picks in competitive play. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, like, <clears throat> the reason you see Soldier on, like... Like, Soldier can really dominate in an open field in uh, places where he can get really good sight lines, like... Um, uh, the Oasis maps, all of them have good flanking positions where uh, someone like Soldier McCree can get up there and just do a lot of damage. And obviously, the, um, Soldier doesn't have many problems with uh, with his pick rates, but uh, characters like Symmetra can do very, very well on certain maps uh, if there's close quarters or tight chokes where she can kind of lay down a lot of her uh, sentries. Same with Torbjorn, works very, very well on certain on some maps and not um, isn't the best on others. Uh, I think it, it's that's a pretty good way of kind of encouraging uh, hero diversity. So I'm, I'm not sad that they're not limiting the pool. Uh, I'm sure eventually they'll probably... Well, 
I don't even know if eventually they'll have to, because I don't see them adding an overabundance of those maps. Um, mm -hmm. And, and like, some maps are for some game modes, which are, aren't really competitive, like the 3v3 map. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then he kind of finishes that conversation, or that question off, by saying um, it's something, like, he thinks about, but doesn't really say that often, but uh, if everything was equally balanced, your hero would be picked less than 5% of the time. Hmm. So, yeah. What up? Interesting. Interesting way of looking at things. Um. Yeah. So, I know in our pre-show you were talking about um, uh, a quote that Jeff had from his days... Or him reflecting on his days working on, on the, his two previous projects, which were WoW and uh, Titan. Uh, did you want to to mention that? Because I, I thought that was very, very interesting. Uh, so, uh, if for those of you that don't know, uh, Jeff Kaplan was the game developer of WoW for a little bit. And WoW stands for World of Warcraft, and that's a really big and important game for Blizzard. Uh, and it's kind of a big and important. Yeah, it's a big important game. Period. <laughs> it, 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 and so you can imagine the sort of like feedback and like comments and forum posts he gets now, times that by a hundred for World of Warcraft. <laughs> I imagine because oh. yeah, he uh, yeah. he was also game director when like in the heyday when it was yeah. like at the the biggest it was if you want a vocal community uh get an get an mmo uh get uh, get a group of mmo players they're uh they can be a loud bunch get 10 million people playing your game <laughs> and then it becomes very vocal and he talked about like how like some weeks you'd be like man i wish the form just didn't exist <laughs> but then he moves over to the game titan and the Titan, and Titan was never released. It was just always behind the scenes in development at Blizzard. And it made him reflect on that now that he doesn't have uh, the community, mm -hmm. and you don't have an audience to feed off, it, it gave him time to reflect on how much valuable and how much part of the game-making experience those people are and so now now he's very like happy to have your feedback even even the like the negative stuff the negative negativity there we go yeah. jeez the the negativity of um gaming community in general like even with that he doesn't feel too stressed out with the community he's very happy that he has people are interested. a game that people are so involved in. Yeah, like the the fact that people will write up these huge, huge articles, and that so many of these articles exist, and people who are debating and discussing these individual articles and having these opinions on the game, like that must be so validating as a creator. And like people um, doing a podcast on it, like I can't imagine. just yeah, like just I, I can't imagine having uh, a, a work that you, that you've made. And getting feedback on that work, like, that's just something I couldn't possibly conceive of. 
For a second, I thought you were being serious. Then the, you ended that, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and he kind of says that um, the game belongs to the community. And at this point, the Blizzard is just consto- custodians of the experience that we feel. Yeah, the, the, the game's kind of... It's gone off on its own course, and they just kind of have to keep pace with, with what we want <laughs> and what we've decided we kind of want. And um, they, they also talk about uh, doing, like, minor changes to heroes, like buffs and nerfs. And it's kind of hard to do because you would get someone who plays only McCree, and he's like, you should nerf Genji. Why can he deflect? Why can he, like, crit me? I hate him. He should only shoot one shuriken instead of three. But then from, like, the Genji's perspective, the... It's completely different. And so it's kind of hard to balance because everybody kind of has a main and then they kind of fluctuate between one to two heroes that they really like or one role that they like. Mm -hmm. And they just view the other people and they want to nerf them to... He describes it to make them go away rather than actual balance. (laughs) Yeah, there there is actually another interview which I will link in the show notes. We won't really discuss it too, too much. We'll probably discuss um, it next I, week after we watch it, because we're prepared for things. I watched most of it, but yeah, I, I couldn't I didn't, couldn't quite finish it before the show. But um, he was mentioned... It's a fairly candid interview. I mean, it's not like, oh yeah, like, dirt on this guy, and this is how like the whole sausage is made uh, with Overwatch. But it is... Um, he does go into like um, kind of how he interacts with the community and, and how they perceive a lot of the balance suggestions from the community uh, i thought it was pretty enlightening and it's it's a pretty good interview uh, again linked in the show notes below it's it's with um, pc game i believe pc games n um but um as with this one there was one last tidbit from the GameSpot interview which i was hoping you could share with everyone uh no there's uh one other quote i have here before that. oh one more yep and oh, uh, sorry, they were talking it. about uh, new characters, and uh, they talked about kind of like Doomfist, and Jeff Kaplan kind of like steps back from Doomfist because, like they they hyped up Sombra, they hyped up Orisa, they've done nothing for Doomfist, and he kind of he says the community just decided to get themselves excited for Doomfist. I love that quote. Like that's that's such a good quote. The community just decided to get themselves excited for Doomfist. That's a good one. Because they, ha- yeah, they haven't really done anything with Doomfist. Except for Orisa, af- which is after the community got excited for it. It's It kind of goes to, like, uh, with, that, with that previous quote, that the game belongs to the community and they're just custodians. Like, they want Do- Doomfist, I guess we should probably try and figure out if he'll fit into the game. Because, <laughs> like, they, they want it. Um, and then speaking of new character of uh, new characters, so uh, Jeff Kaplan talks about the concepting stage of designing heroes, and um, they they went through a lot of designs to kind of push the boundary of what this new IP could be. And one of the new characters they thought of was literally a hockey player, so like just a normal hockey player you could play as, which as we know probably evolved into the Lucio skin. Mm-hmm. But uh, more excitedly, uh, this is quote-unquote, it was this jetpack, and it had this cat that laid in it, like a cat does. Then every once in a while, it would pot the controls. 
It was a cat in a jetpack. <laughs> I love this idea so much. Not just the fact that, like, in my head, it's a sentient, like, robot jetpack. That it's that is the really the character you're playing. But inside it, kind of trapped, is a cat. Um, that the the you know the jetpack originally wasn't excited about the cat being there, but now he's kind of grown fond of it. And just you're shooting, you're you're looking from inside the cockpit of the, of this jetpack, and every now and then you just see a little poggle, pat pat, on one of the controls, pat pat, and like some lights would go off. It wouldn't affect anything in the game, but oh my goodness, that'd be so funny and so cute. It, it'd be um, a defense hero because you don't want to shoot it. He has just a giant shield that gets up there, and like from inside the cockpit, you just see like um, Shrek. What's that sh- cat from Shrek called? Puss and Antonio Banderas oh. cat. Just Puss and uh, yeah, Antonio Banderas cat. Uh, just like with those giant, adorable eyes, and everyone just stops firing for a couple seconds. Yeah, I can see it. I imagine it would also use like flame. It would be the flamethrower class. As well. <laughs> um. Yeah, and they, they, surprisingly, they didn't add that. So I don't weird. What, weird. I mean, they have a they have a, a scientist monkey, Mister Scientist Monkey. Yeah, sorry, they, sorry. They were testing Doctor the boundary. Scientist Monkey. They, they were testing the boundary, and they were like, "Yeah, no, Winston's the limit." It turns out <laughs> he is the least popular character. So, boom, toasted Winston, get wrecked. Poor Winston. I actually, I still play a lot of Winston. He needs a lab um, coat skin. He, yeah, he, I'm surprised he doesn't. Like, I mean, like, he gets angry like Bruce Banner. Like, it just works so ne- perfectly. Next event, maybe. It was in the comic. Yeah, I'd be... I'm really surprised he doesn't have one. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, he also um, says, no Zarya skin for the next event. Which kind of goes oh, into yes. what we think of the next event, which is you're the your Overwatch. Zarya wasn't part of Overwatch, so it goes in. It's still canon. As like as much as I understand, yes, it's gonna be an Overwatch like themed event. Overwatch is in like the actual group in the in the lore, and uh, Zarya's not part of that. But come on, she's her skin suck. Jacob wants that better hair. No, not better hair. That's the whole point. Leave her hair out of it. Leave it alone. HD hair. You've never seen better HD pixels just, than her just hair. Just give, give Zarya tress effects on her on her hair. That's all we need as a community. So drop everything. Drop the, the map editor that you would need like years to make, as you said in the interview. Just drop all of it. Stop making new heroes. Give Zarya HD hair effects. Uh, but yes, there was a lot more in the interview. It was with GameSpot. There will be a link in the show notes if you want to read the rest of that interview and get more details on the topics we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe with that, that pretty much does it. Was there anything else you wanted to mention? Um, If an Overwatch character made their own brand of sausage, who do you think would make it? Who would make it? Yeah, which character uh, would make their own sausage in Overwatch? I think it would be both Reinhardt and Torbjorn. Reinhardt would like, oh, Torbjorn, we should make sausages. That would be such a good idea. I don't know why I gave him like a weirdly Serbian accent. I don't even know what accent that was, but it wasn't Reinhardt. <laughs> no one knows what accent that was. Um, I live for the. There you go. Okay, yeah. So Torbjorn, 
Uh, anyways, yeah. The sausage would be a makes... Rheinbjorn sausage. It would, yeah, it'd be uh, a Rheinwurst. <laughs> what, what about a Tjernbjörst? <laughs> uh, they couldn't get the rice to that. I was just... Uh, so, but, Blizzard, uh, give them a sausage tag if you listen to us. Sorry, I just see a Our... gif of... of it's Torbjorn, like... It, he, Torbjorn hammering one of his turrets, and out of the turrets, sausages are coming out directly oh. into Reinhardt's mouth. That's just... Oh, tink, and then, like, tink. when he reloads the gun, it's not magma, it's sausages, and he's just shot... We need a Torbjorn sausage skin. This is what we need now. It just, it's just him in an apron. Oh, man, it'd be perfect. <laughs> well, with a chef's hat. Oh my god! So good. Oh uh, man, it, it, the hook hand is like a more like a ladle. Oh yeah, the, instead of his hammer, or instead of like the weird circle thing he has. Oh yes, yes, yeah. It's uh, well, no, it would kind of look like a, a saucepan, but it, it splits in half. <laughs> and uh, instead of his hammer, it, it would be um, you know like one of those pulverizers that you slam meat with. Yeah, we're done. Done. Blizzard, you can take all of that. Just uh, put free, put free uh, of charge. Put our names on like the bottom of his shoe, just so it's so that we know <laughs> that somebody Please listens to this podcast. Please love us, Blizzard. <laughs> Alrighty, I think that pretty much wraps us up. Uh, I'm pretty sure also that the, the title for this show will be uh, uh, Rhinewurst. Um, if you like what you heard here today, please consider subscribing or giving us a rating. Five-star iTunes reviews really, really help out the show. It helps people find it. Um, but you can give us whatever ranking you like, of course. You can follow this show on Twitter at OW underscore overtime. Uh, and you can reach us by email at owovertime at gmail.com. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please let us know uh, what you think the event is going to be, uh, what skins you would like to see from it, uh, and anything else we discuss, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we also have another show called Press A2 Podcast, where we review a different video game every episode. You can follow that show on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at Press A2 Podcast. Twitch is just different because it has underscores instead of spaces. Uh, we're currently going through our Mass Effect bonanza, as I've mentioned. We just did our episode on Mass Effect 2. We'll be doing three in about two weeks. And then we'll eventually have our episode on Andromeda. Um, but that is all the time we have for this week. So for me and Taylor, we will see you next week. Or rather, next time. I remember the intro. Outro. Bye. But moving on to more exciting news. I'm sure as many of you are aware, there has been some... New developments happening in, in Overwatch. There is uh, a new comic, first of all, and I thought we could kind of dive into that one. Um, Taylor, you've, you've read the comic, right? You, know, you didn't write, let's see what I wrote in the show notes. No. Talk about this before... Oh, well, then you should have put it in the thing! Well, hold on, we'll, we'll rewind. Uh, where was I talking? <laughs> so, yeah, Boss Land and, and such...